every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. One voice, united we stand. And to all of the naysayers, and to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because you know we are going to tell you the truth. And we are going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better U.S. America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. Welcome back, buddy. I'm happy to be back. I like your talking points for today. It's called Trump, Trump, Trump. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Yeah, there's uh, not much more. <laughs> where, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, let's. I think we should start with Trump. Obviously, yesterday was another one of those all Trump, all the, uh, all uh, you know, all about Donald Trump days. It started with his, let's face it. I, I think some would say somewhat thin-skinned jabs against Megyn Kelly and Fox News. He's still aggravated, evidently, uh, about what what was asked of him at the first Republican debate. Uh, I think it's sooner or later you got to let it go. But, you know, that's Donald Trump, I think. That's that's who he is as a person. Yeah. Then last night, uh, this extraordinary back and forth with uh, Jorge Ramos, the uh, reporter anchor from Univision. Ramos, if you didn't see the video, yeah. Ramos was at first escorted out of the news conference, not because Trump didn't want to talk to him, but because he kept butting in. Trump had, had given a statement. There were, weren't that many reporters. It looked like a small sort of like hotel-type ballroom setting. And he pointed to the guy sitting in the front row right in front of him, and, you know, you asked the first question. And Ramos stood up and started butting in. And uh, Trump basically said, you know, you know, look, we're not going uh, to talk about that. I'm not going to take your question right now. And so they security uh, uh, pushed him out, and then they brought him back. And Ramos, you know, he, he sounded more like an activist than a reporter, more right. than anything else. Yes. It was a bit of grandstanding. And as a reporter, I can understand how if you think you're going to get somebody, quote-unquote, you know what I mean, that, that you're going to yeah. go after them and, and paint them into a corner with uh, tough uh, questions, etc., but Trump showed me something last night that he has experience in this kind of situation, that he uh, that he has the ability to turn things back. I mean, uh, there were several points in the back and forth where I thought Trump sort of said to himself, OK, calm your voice down a little. And he never really got strident with the guy. Mm-hmm. The other bad thing for Ramos was he was off mic, so you can't really hear him. And and Trump, you know, he may not have you may not like Trump's answers or may not think that his immigration plan is fully uh, thought out, et cetera. But Trump. Look, I thought Trump had the full uh, hands-down sort of advantage out of that encounter last night. I'm sure Ramos thinks that he made his point, and then, you know, he's bigger today because of it. But really, as a reporter, you look at that and you think, yeah, that's that's more grandstanding than anything else. And, and to me, it almost makes Trump more bulletproof on the issue of immigration because of the way this was done by the reporter. Right. I, I would agree with you. Look, I don't agree with restirring the controversy about Megyn Kelly. I don't agree with name calling. Even now here's the thing. Here's the thing, uh, Jamie. It, it's a, the report that I heard was that it was tweeted out and anything in the tweet world, people are still going to latch on to it to try to find something to create controversy and, and a media frenzy in order to try to slow him down or to bring him down. Uh, so I don't agree with the whole tactic of anybody 
doing the name calling thing, I which he likes to do. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he enjoys I'd that, and he enjoys that. using Twitter to jab at people. I mean, heck, Herman, yesterday he was taking shots. Trump was at George Pataki. I mean, that's more attention that George Pataki's gotten in weeks. <laughs> right. A lot of people forgot he's he was in there. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable, but. He's still growing in the polls. Oh, yeah. No, not only growing. There were new poll numbers that came out yesterday that had him up uh, 15 points in South Carolina, 24 points in New Hampshire, and 27 nationally. Now, uh, it, it just shows me that if, if you think that he's about to go down the tubes right now, that is not going to happen. And it, it's just it's it's I mean, could he implode? Sure, of course he could. Right. Uh, we, we, right. You know, it, you can't discount that as a possibility, but it, it's not going to be a fast flame out. And frankly, I thought last night's little back and forth with Ramos about immigration was one of those dangerous moments for Trump that yeah. he, he got through just fine uh, because it could have gone off the rails. He. um you know, I think sometimes when 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 politicians especially are confronted and, you know, somebody gets up and starts heckling them or something like that, I always think that's a good test for them. Yeah. Are they ready? Do they have sort of an established way that they deal with somebody who's out of line and, um, you know, something like that and, and, and get a sort of an applause line from the crowd? Or do they, what was the, I, I think it was, was it Nelson Rockefeller who gave the finger to somebody? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was <laughs> Abe Ribicoff or something. I can't remember. But it was, uh, you know, it, to me it's a test for you yeah. of, of what you're doing and and how you do it. And I thought Trump again, look, part of this is theater. You know, we may not like this. Yeah, we may want to think that, oh, this presidential election, it's all about issues. It's all well, serious. It, it should be, but it's not. And some of it is going to be about theater. Yeah. And um, Trump showed last night that if you're going to go after him, you better be ready because he's quick on his feet and he was able to deal with it again, I thought, in a calm way. Now, look, uh, we may forget about this in the next couple of months and may just, just be sort of another one of these things. But it, it, to, to me, this again demonstrated how much he is dominating the GOP field right now. Nobody else is having a news conference carried live on the cable networks. Nobody no. else is getting this much attention. Donald Trump is. And I think the Republicans who are running against him are now going to have to start thinking of how do they deal with him. I think some of them hope that they would just not deal with him and he would go away and he would just flame out. But you and I know, Herman, that if you're going to uh, get after Trump now, you're probably going to have to start going after him directly and trying to challenge him. And the one, what's the one weakness we've seen? He's a bit thin-skinned. Yeah. And I, I think that you're going to have to figure a way to jab at him and try to get under his skin to see if he'll make a mistake. Yeah. I, if you'll indulge me for a moment, when I was giving a speech at um, a university a couple of years ago, this is when the, the On Wall Street movement was sure. going on. It was a movement that wasn't going anywhere and yeah. it finally fizzled out. Well, I'm giving a speech at a packed auditorium with students there, and some On Wall Street protesters had planted themselves there, and about five minutes into my speech, they all jumped up on cue and at the same time started yelling out whatever thing they were saying and so forth, etc., and on and on and on. And so I stood there, security didn't move, and when they got through with that chant, I said, okay, now that you all have disrupted my party, go find your own party. And the other students jeered them out of the room. Yeah, you got to know how to deal with you gotta them. you got to know how to deal with that. You and know? sometimes Don't. it's not easy on your feet to find the right thing to say. You'd have to admit that. Yeah. Oh, you know? I will admit that. But Bernie Sanders saying, okay, I'm out of here because I can't. No, don't let those Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah, you don't want to do that either. microphone? Yeah. No, I don't care who it is. Now, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Now, a lot of young people have forgotten about Travelgate, Filegate, Hillary Care Gate. 
You haven't, though, have you? Well, as I've always said, and this is the one thing that I say to people that I've, I've gone through so many different investigations, whether it's the Rose Law Firm or Whitewater or whatever, yep. that the Clintons always seem to be able to emerge from them, sometimes in a stronger position. Uh, this one with the email server, I still say it, it could be slightly different in the sense that you do have the FBI involved. Uh, you do have uh, this examination of her email server. It's not clear, you know, what it would be about or or, or w- just, I guess, how big it would get in terms of involving her. But we do have examples of government officials in recent years who had sensitive material on their home private email and computers that they should not have had and did run against the rules. I don't know where this is going, but uh, still, when you look at the polls, she's behind in New Hampshire. There was another poll that came out yesterday in New Hampshire that Bernie Sanders ahead, but Bernie Sanders is really only showing strength in New Hampshire. He's from next door in Vermont. There was a new poll in Iowa yesterday that had Hillary Clinton ahead by 34 points in Iowa. So this is uh, unlike in the Republican race where Trump is leading nationally and in the key states. Hillary Clinton is only encountering troubles right now in New Hampshire. Right. And uh, that's going to be interesting. And and now every the Democrats are on Biden watch. Yeah. And look, I, I don't think that we should uh, look at the at the VP as if he gets in, he then zooms into first place or anything no, like I don't that. Think so. and, and I think that's one thing here in D.C. that some people are sort of struggling with as they watch this is, OK, if you get in, it still could mean you may not get the nomination. You may not be a major player. I, I do think there is a sense of of Hillary fatigue and worry among some Democrats, but I still also believe, Herman, that if she became the nominee, that a lot of those same people, even though they might grumble, would come back and and in line and vote for Hillary Clinton in November of next year. Uh, But uh, obviously, you know, there are some concerns out there, and the the problem for the Democrats is they just don't have a deep bench. I mean, it's not like there's there's no sort of uh, uh, immediate outside person that you could say, oh, you know, if he or she got in the race, other than maybe Elizabeth Warren, there's really nobody else out there that you would think could really com- commandeer that race and really seriously change the dynamic. But if the VP gets in, it would alter the dynamic in one sense. It would put uh, President Obama in a very difficult situation, having to be in between his current vice president and his former secretary of state. And it would certainly give Democrats somewhere to go if they don't like Bernie Sanders. Well, here's where I will take issue with you. I don't think Obama would see it as being in a difficult position. He might just go ahead would, and endorse him. He would have an excuse not to say anything about either one of them. Well, there is that, though. Yeah. The problem is is that he's um, uh, the Illinois primary is in March. And uh, he'd have to he'd I guess he could always not tell people who he voted for. But, boy, that would be an uncomfortable kind of uh, situation running up to that. It would be. Uh, we've talked about the head of the DNC, Democratic National Committee, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and how she was uh, put in an awkward position recently answering a question from Chris Matthews and then Chuck Todd. What's the difference between a Democrat and a socialist? And she shifted the subject and she didn't have an answer. And now you have a senator from Minnesota, Senator Klobuchar, she is now saying, well, that's really no difference between Hillary and Bernie Sanders. Are you hearing any discussion about this lack of clarity on that in well, your circles? Look, don't forget, Bernie Sanders is uh, is not a Democrat right now. I mean, he's right. an independent who yeah. aligns himself with the Democrats. I mean, in the sense of how different is he than a mainline Democrat? I mean, I would... I would say that he's more like a very liberal Democrat. I don't think there's that much difference, really, between what he supports and what a lot of more liberal Democrats would support as well. 
Now, does that, if you flip around, make them socialists? I'm not so sure about that because that's a, you know, sort of a, that, that socialist has become worse than the name liberal. You know what I mean? It's a tag. But, I know. Uh, I still think that there might be an issue with Bernie Sanders getting on the ballot in some states simply because he is not officially a Democrat at this point. Just like some states are trying to keep Trump off the ballot if he doesn't declare that he will support the nominee. Yeah, well, we'll see where those go. Yeah, you got it. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Coming up, rapid fire, 877-310-2100. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.